Hey, before we get into part two of this episode of White Heat, just want to remind you about our friends over at Johnstone Supply. They are a proud sponsor of Godzilla Media and all the great podcasts under that umbrella, including my, myself and JJ with White Heat. Listen, uh, temperatures are dropping in case you haven't noticed. I know uh, a few friends of mine around here who are starting to put on their heat finally. They're caving in saying it's too damn cold. We want to feel warm. Well, guess what? That means you got to worry about your furnace to make sure it hasn't shit the bed or it needs new parts or anything in that regard. Or maybe you just want to upgrade your heating system because it's at, it's been acting like shit the last few years and you're sick and tired of that. Well, you can call our friends over at Johnstone Supply in Troy so they can make sure your home is heated properly for this colder weather as we head towards those dreaded winter months, especially here in the Northeast. A family-owned and operated business, Johnstone Supply in Troy has been helping upstate New York residents for decades. And you can visit their store on 6th Avenue in Troy for more information on how they, they can help you get ready for those colder months ahead. Whether it's just looking to change out the filters in your furnace, or maybe you just want to get a completely new heating system for your home to make sure it's heated properly through those cold months of fall and winter. Johnstone Supply in Troy, their staff can help you answer any questions you may have, whether it be George, Tom, or any of the many other staff members that are looking forward to help you out and seeing you. You can follow them on Facebook. I look up John Stone Supply Troy, or you can give them a call today at 518-272-5922. And to that, I say hello again. I'm Brian. That's JJ. We're ready to rock and roll. Uh, we just went long form talking about ROH and the hiatus they're taking for the time being. Um, once they get through final battle in uh, December, they're going to be taken off until probably roughly April, sounds like, for Supercard of Honor. So now we're going to get knee-deep into all the other extraneous activities going on throughout the world of wrestling. Uh, and we're just going to jump right in, honestly, with... Talk about these fellas right here, New Japan, and we're also going to talk about MLW a little bit. Let's start with New Japan. Um, so we mentioned... Uh, Mr. Okada basically winning the G1 by default mm -hmm. um, because of Kota Ibushi injury, uh, getting a severe injury, um, which I haven't really heard any new anything new yeah. about in the last week and a half or so. Um, but they did suffer a severe injury that caused them the the match uh, for the finals of the G1 to stop, and therefore Okada was crowned the winner. Um, but I do want to bring up something I, I I take a little issue with. I'm not sure if. You're as much uh, against this as I am, but we, we're both of purest mindsets, more or less, uh -huh. when it comes to traditions and stuff in wrestling. Yeah. Considering all the other stuff surrounding what's going on with this particular championship, am I the only one that's sick and tired of being jerked around with the fact you have Takagi holding the real world title that's ugly as fuck to Osprey holding the world title he never lost to now we have Kazuchika Okada carrying around the old traditional IWGP belt instead of the fucking briefcase that you usually have for winning G1 yeah like what the fuck are we doing here because they've realized how fucking ugly that new belt is so they're trying to gain people back by having Okada drapes around the nice one I, I so now you're going to tease the fan base for 
eight more weeks, roughly, Probably. until uh, Wrestle Kingdom. And then what? You're just going to have the winner carry around both belts? You're Probably. Gonna get a, you're going to get, get rid of the new one that you just created less than a year ago? Like, what the fuck are we going to do here? Probably. I mean, supposedly the whole reason of the creation of new the new belt is they ran out of nameplates on the old belt. Which, there's a really easy solution to that. You take one off and move it over, and you start a blank one. And the one you took off, you put in the Hall of Fame or whatever, and be like, here are the first few. And now it's on to this. And then, as the plates get filled, you just put them in a display. It's not that hard. You didn't have to make a goddamn ugly-ass belt. Oh, Man, oh man! Or, or you know, you could. You know what you could do. Um, like you, you mentioned, display. Here's an idea. How hard is it to buy a fucking plaque with blank nameplates on it? Unscrew the blank nameplates. Put the like. How fucking hard could that be? That's crazy talk. No, that's that's American ingenuity, right? Not Japanese ingenuity. No, it's just we're just we're just. Think it out loud here. Um, just like, I know, like, I know. like it was, it was corny enough when WWE did it with the Intercontinental titles that led up to WrestleMania 10 between Razor and HBK. Yeah. It was even more corny when they had the fucking dual belts being carried around by like Orton and Cena. And yeah, the undisputed Ryan, title. Yeah, like get the, the no, it was the, it was the WWE. I think what was it was it WWE undisputed World Heavyweight Championship. Like the yes. name was like uh-huh. fuck fuck off with the long name. All right. Yeah. Um. Or even if you go back, you go to, I think this is what you were referring to when when uh, they merged the WCW and WWE titles and had them still carrying both belts for a while. Uh huh. Like. Or even when fucking WCW had the fucking big gold belt, the NWA belt, and then they had the WCW title. And fucking. Right. Yeah. Because they had. Because uh, they had the weird. Uh, Flair left. Yeah. Flair left. And then they, they formed their own world title. And then they uh-huh. then they started an international heavyweight title. And then shit fell through with the international title. So then they had to. They basically. Because uh, that involved Flair, Sting, and Root, essentially. Root was like the third the third wheel out of it. I think so, yeah. Because I think Root lost to Sting. Yeah. And then because Flair is Flair, he just kind of fell right into... It was a fucking mess. We whatever. Uh-huh. If you if you really want to learn about it, just just go look up WCW around 1993. I think it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, just 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 a fucking Total mess. shit show. That could be an understatement, honestly. Um, but yeah, it's just like it's just it's just corny. It's 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 outdone. It's it makes you know it's funny. They don't do that shit in boxing. <laughs> boxing a guy wins like multiple titles. They just have him. They have his entourage carry all the belts. And that's it. And it's like, oh, you got this belt, but I need this belt. No, it's just there's a bunch of belts, motherfucker. Oh, you, you, you don't want to get me in the box. I, I can't even. I, 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 you, you, we do not want to go down that road right now. That's. Okay. 
as a former sports talk radio host, that is the that. Let's just leave that alone for now. Um, That I could go on for a whole day about that shit. Um, It just, I wouldn't say necessarily cheap as a product, but it just, it's a cheap look, I guess would be the best way to put it. It's, I don't know. It's it's just court. It's, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know if I would. Well, I guess "carny" is a good word for it too. But it's more corny than "carny." It's <laughs> yeah. It's I, I it's just not a, like I don't get what. I think mean, that much of like who who's running shit that they think this looks good. Who the fuck knows? And then on top of that, not only do you have. You technically have three belts across two continents right now for the same fucking weight division. Uh huh. You got Okada with the old belt. You got Takagi with the new, the real new belt, and then you got Osprey with his replica of the new belt that he never mm-hmm. lost. Right. I don't know anymore. I don't fucking know anymore. Um. There was another point about New Japan. Oh, oh, right, right, right. So apparently now, um, I'm just getting caught up, um, because they had their Road to Power Struggle event, uh, mm-hmm. oh, uh, late last week. Yeah. And they decided to have Kanemaru and El Desperado drop their junior heavyweight tag titles in their first defense. <laughs> Which. For the junior heavyweight tag team titles, that's not really anything new per se, because they've been hot potatoing the shit out of that for years. Um, so the new champs, just FYI, because I don't know if you saw this, uh, Tiger Mask and Robbie Eagles. And if I remember correctly, isn't Robbie also the singles junior heavyweight champion? Currently, I think so. Cool. Okay. I just I uh, am I missing the appeal on Robbie or yeah no not I'm, really. I'm not big on it either. It just it just doesn't. I don't know. I'm just let's see because you have Takagi yeah Tanahashi's the U.S. champ. Jay White's the never openweight champion, but he's over here flinging that around in Impact, yep. which we'll get into in a little bit. Um. Then they created an open weight championship within NJPW Strong, which involves somebody we'll get to in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. are the current heavyweight tag champs? I did not know that. Um, they beat Naito and Sonata for that back in July. And then, yeah, Robbie is yeah Robbie's the junior singles champion. And then Chaos has the Never Open Weight six man titles, mm-hmm. which are Goto, Ishii, and Yoshihashi. And then what the hell is what the fuck is KOPW? KOPW. What the fuck is that? Toro Yano has a title of some sort? KOPW. Mm-hmm. I, I fucking that's weird. I don't know. Never heard of that. Anyways, um, it looks like it's an unofficial title that nobody really knows anything about. That's great. Um, 
it's kind of like the FTW title, essentially. It's New Japan's version of the right. FTW. Um, yeah. But that brings me to MLW, because there's a few things to unpack from MLW. Number one, uh, Tom Lawler, deuces, gone. Um, when did that happen? Oh, today. Uh, it was announced by Tom Lawler um, this morning, which is, well, as we're recording this, November 1st. Uh, he the, His tweet said, quote, As of today, I'm a free agent in the world of professional wrestling. Thank you to MLW, Court Bauer, MSL, not sure who that is, uh, and BN Sports USA for the time and effort they put in with me. But mostly I'd like to thank the MLW staff, wrestlers, past and present, and fans for the four years of memories. Um, hmm. so I'm not sure if this was Tom asking out, if it was a mutual parting of ways, um, but know. he's gone. He is out of MLW. Um, what does that do for which, healthy? Jesus. Yeah. Um, but let's, let's just start bare bones right away with the immediate thing. Um, does this mean Tom becomes completely devoted to just New Japan? Or could this be Tom um, losing his interest in wrestling overall? Like, what do you think could come of yeah, this? Does this, mean, does this mean Tom focuses more on MMA again? Like, there's a bunch of different ways this could go. Yeah, um, because like I mentioned, he is the, the openweight champion in New Japan's American division, MJPW Strong. So it kind of makes you wonder... You know, because Tom does have that MMA background, well-known UFC, uh, MMA fighter, before he came into the pro wrestling business. It's just a case of him falling out of love with... And it happens. I mean, just... I mean, this is the most obvious example, but just look at Brock Lesnar, you know, yeah. um, who's done the back and forth between MMA and wrestling before, so it's possible. Um, yeah, so just it just kind of makes you kind of step back and kind of question... What now in that regard? Um, That'd be kind of sad if he did, because Tom Waller is such a character. Like, yeah, that would be a loss for the wrestling industry. Uh, Let's see here. And then again, like that kind of character doesn't translate. Well, Japan isn't known for characters. Japan's known for workers like. Ah. Now, another piece of news that came out from MLW today, well, that, that first piece of news came out from Tom himself, but are you familiar with a gentleman named Gnarls Garvin? Vaguely. I know the name. Uh, he signed with MLW today. Oh, okay. So uh, he will be making his debut at War Chamber, it looks like. Um, so we'll see him out on MLW TV sometime four months from now. Now, I don't know if Team Filthy was considered an official stable at all. They I'm were. Just, I'm just going to put this out there. They The stable by themselves, because there's a page devoted to the stables within MLW that have all the, the logos of the stables on there. Mm-hmm. Team Filthy is no longer listed oh, on man. that section of their website. Um, let me see here. Throw out a few names, and I'll tell you if there's any kind of logo next to them, by the way. 
that were considered team filthy guys. Yeah. Go ahead. Throw out a couple of names. I'll tell you if oh. there's anything with them. Uh, Kid Osborne, a.k.a. Uh, the, uh, 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 fucking Rip Von Eric. Uh, Kevin Koo. Um, or someone else. There was like four lackeys underneath Tom. Kevin Koo does not have a Team Filthy logo next to him anymore. Huh. So my assumption would be... They're just completely... Completely... Clean of Team Filthy. Yeah, that's what it looks like here. Wow. What's his name? It was another MMA guy they had who was like feuding with Loki uh, a while back in Team Filthy. Who the fuck was it? Not King Mo, right? No, no, no. King Mo, America's top team. Um, we'll get to that later. Um, oh, Dominic Garini, maybe? Yes, Garini. I mean, he was yeah. nothing special, but he was part of it. Duly noted. Yeah, duly fucking noted. Um, phone collector. Yeah, yeah, you did real good, Dominic. Anyways, um, yeah. So basically, that leaves you with. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. I'm. It, it just makes you wonder because I mean, when, let's let's just let's just put this out there. Okay. As far as attractions are concerned, MLW has Hammerstone still. Mm -hmm. For the time being, at least that's how I'm going to phrase this. They have Jacob Fatu. They're going to indefinitely have Jacob Fatu. He's not um, I guess you could say you could add the Von Eriks into that. Yes, for now. Um, Tajiri as the middleweight champion. Mm -hmm. You still have L.A. Park and, oh, who the hell is he teamed with for the tag titles? Oh, Eho. Uh, yeah, Eho, what do you call his two sons? Are, right. Yeah, they're that are that stable, yeah. Out, I mean, yeah, you have Homicide and 5150, but... I mean, homicide uh, is fifty-one fifty is there, but homicide is like drop in and drop out, right? Um, yeah, I mean, you've got injustice still, and you've got um, it's still Richard Holiday, I guess. You, yeah, you, what do you call it? like Holiday is weird because Holiday is technically still part of the dynasty with Hammerstone, but Hammerstone's huge baby face, and Holiday's a heel. Correct. Um, you've got uh, da, 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 I was just I just dropped you said Holiday, and I completely fucking blanked. Um. Damn it. Uh, you still got the guys in America's top team there. You've still got um, King Muertes. Mm -hmm. Still got Savio Vega. I don't know. I just, I'm. I don't know. I'm just, I'm at a loss right now. I don't know what to. Just an odd mix, like it's just an, an odd mix of characters that I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure where they're gonna go at this point. Um, it just seems a little, I guess, top heavy would be the best way to put it. Um, yeah, yeah. 
And I feel like there's a lack of depth at this point. There is. They, they, they started trying to focus more on like, oh, we've got a TV deal. We've got to be more entertainment-wise. And they're kind of sacrificing what they were built on to do it. And now they're producing a YouTube show on top of their TV show they're already doing. Right. Well, they're producing a second YouTube show. Because as it was, Fusion was their YouTube show. But right. Fusion's going to move to Vice, so now Fusion Alpha is going to be going to be their YouTube show. Right. But I believe you're still going to be able to see Fusion on YouTube as well. Just it's going there's going to be like a a gap of two to three weeks between the time it comes out on Vice and the time it hits YouTube. <clears throat> and I mean, they're just their their taping schedule is like. I understand how they needed to get a couple of live shows under their belts to before they started releasing like shows again. But I mean, they just they just aired the episode where King Muertes won the won the Caribbean title off of Holiday, and that was at the show that I was at in Philly. That's how long ago that was taped. Two months ago, September, right? Beginning, yeah, Labor Day weekend. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um. Or no, that was August. Was it end of August? Yeah. Oh yeah, it was the last weekend of August, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. It was it was it the day before SummerSlam? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Um so this actually brings me to question something here. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but I'm gonna bring this this to the table. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but before AEW became a thing, would you argue Richard Holiday had the rocket ship strapped to him as being the young asshole heel that was on the rise before MJF got national TV? No. And this is a thing because I've been following Holiday because Holiday's he trained in Connecticut. Um, and the thing was, MJF was part of the dynasty as well before AEW came on. Right. Holiday is like MJF's second banana. Okay. He's a good kid. He's got a good look, solid in the ring, but he was he he wasn't there yet. And it's going to, I think it's still going to be a while before he is at that I can stand alone type of character. Which brings me to part B. No championship attached to him now. Right. We don't know anything about his status as well, far I as know. long term. We know he's part, of the war chamber. he's part of the war chamber match. As, All right, so he's still he, part of the dynasty. So he's attached to this weekend. Because yeah. I believe War Chamber is this weekend, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's this weekend in Philadelphia. Um, so I guess the question becomes by the way, the only other show scheduled right now on the right now for MLW aside from this weekend is WrestleMania week in Dallas. Just a heads up. <laughs> Well, I mean, they're, they're they usually the way they do it is whenever they have a show like in Philly is when they announce the next show in Philly, which is usually eight to nine weeks later. Um, right. In the mean, and then in between there is when they'll do a taping in Dallas or in or 
uh, I'm not sure if they're going to get back to their studio in New York anytime soon or not. So here's, here's my question. Yep. Assuming there's nothing creative that's happening involving holiday out of this war chamber match. Yeah. Could he be getting a look from NXT? It would be nice. I'm mean, like I said, he's he, a good kid. Because like what what you just said sounds like the perfect candidate, and I know it might sound like I'm kind of downplaying the talent of Richard, but it's not meant to downplay it at all. It's I think he just seems like the right candidate where he has he has all he he excels at the basics. Yeah. And just needs to fine tune the the smaller details, essentially. Right. The problem is, is because of how he was groomed originally and who he was originally put with, wherever he goes, unfortunately, he's going to be compared to MJF. MJF. If he goes to AEW, he's going to be MJF second banana. If he goes to NXT, he's going to be knockoff MJF. That's what everyone's going to say. You know, so it's it sucks for the kid because, like I said, he's a good kid, but. He, if he's going to try to get more national exposure, he may need a rebranding. Okay. Um, just to run through this card, by the way, that they're going to have in Philly, mm -hmm. not including the talents listed, is also scheduled to appear. Mm -hmm. um, they have. Is there both semifinals here for the Opera Cup? Yeah, I only see one semifinal listed. Not sure what the other one would be, but uh, the one that is announced to take place is TJP and Tankman. Yay! And then you have oh great the debut of Enzo. How great! Mm -hmm. uh, he's facing Matt Cross. God bless Matt. Yeah. Um, briefcase. What the fuck is this briefcase full of cash shit? That's some new fucking gimmicky bullshit. Ar Aramis versus oh my god whatever. Aramis versus who? Um. Aries, Aris, Aris and Art. Aris, thank you. Okay, so the two of them, they're the ones that I said that when we were at our taping, they had a fucking amazing fucking lucha style match, and you can actually watch that. It's it, it aired um it aired on Fusion a couple of weeks ago. You I remember you mentioning the match on Fusion yeah. Alpha, and they those kids those kids are magic together. So that's probably why they were just like we need another reason to have these guys have a match, and they needed something to be like this is why we're doing it again. Okay. Uh, Willow Nightingale versus Holla Dead. Uh, I love Willow. Homicide versus L.A. Park. That could be interesting. Then we have a five-way ladder match for the national openweight title. To crown a new champ. Right. Shelly, Myron Reed, Zenshi, Alex Kane, and then a wild card. Ooh. Unless they put that on Alex Kane, man. I don't see anyone else taking it in that shit. And then War Chambers Contra, obviously led by Jacob Fatu, um, taking on Hammerstone, Holiday, and Duca, and then a mystery opponent. Mystery opponent, right. See, and that's the thing is, like, your show's next week. Name the fucking mystery opponent. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, um, by the way, Tajiri's going to defend the MLW. He has, what, the middleweight title? Yeah, the middleweight or light heavyweight, whatever it is. Yeah, he, yeah. He's going to defend that in all Japan, it looks like. Okay. In uh, the end of November, he's going to defend it against Atsuki 
Aoyagi. Hmm. Is how you pronounce it. Um, yeah. yeah. It's good publicity for MLW. Get across the pond. That's always cool. Yeah. Um, so. Oh, God. I just thought of something. Oh, go with what you want to. Because I'm going to offer you an option, but go ahead with what, what you're thinking. What if that fucking extra person in the goddamn open weight ladder match is fucking Will Ospreay? He did sign with them, didn't he? Yeah. And he's not listed on their roster right now. Yeah. And uh, they said he was debuting at fucking War Chamber. Let me go back and see if he was... Unless that social media backlash came out and they were like, all right, we're not going to bring him in. Because there was not a lot of nice things on social media, on, on Twitter, when they fucking announced that shit. Yeah, because right now the people listed under the also scheduled to appear section at the bottom of the card for Ward Chamber uh, Danny Richards, King Muertes, Los Parks, Savio, 5150, King Mo, Sea Stars, Casey Navarro, Warhorse. Hmm. And I mean, you kind of, you know, you made a big deal about him being signed, mm -hmm. but he's not on the schedule to appear. Maybe they backed off. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I we can pray. <laughs> Especially you. Yeah. Just, I liked MLW. I would like to be able to watch them again. All right. I'm going to give you an option here. Because we're at a fork in the road right now. Would you like to go left or right? Left. Always left. Okay. So let's go to these sorry motherfuckers. <laughs> Impact Wrestling. Now, first of all, their Hall of Fame is fucking weird to begin with, but the fact they put Awesome Kong in it, that doesn't shock me. It is what it is. Good for her. Congratulations. Pre-show. So, I want to... Uh, sometimes I don't understand booking. You create a brand new championship. You're... From a corporate standpoint, I'm hoping this is the, the thought process. You're embracing... Embracing the equality of male and female wrestlers. And your way of embracing their equality is to crown your first digital media slash intergender champion in the fucking pre-show. We're just going to say, yeah, you know what? Uh, I know it's a brand new title. We're trying to put a little shine on it, but fuck it. You're going to be on the pre-show. Well, because that was where the digital media was, and it's only going to be defended on the digital media. That's fucking stupid. I agree. So now we're going to take Jordan Grace, one of your biggest female stars, and stick her on YouTube. Yep. Fucking fantastic. But hey, them pictures she put on Instagram were fucking great. <laughs> oh... I want to know what John thought of them. But anyways. Um, I think he's the one that took them. I was 
That, that's what I'm gonna, <laughs> you took the words out of my mouth. Thank you. Um, any hooser. So Jordan Grace is your first ever digital media champion. Yes, I called it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Old concept of what's to happen afterwards. I don't know. Now, now we get into the real what the fuck. There's a lot of what the fuck. When you when you book a show, usually you want to stagger shit. <laughs> like you typically don't have. Now, granted, this was an intergender match, but you would think you wouldn't want to follow up an intergender match with a woman yeah. winning. Yeah. <laughs> with a woman's match. This is not me. This is not me attacking the women that were in that match to no, open it's just a matter of the, 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 the card. card correctly. It's, it's just like you don't do a tag match back to back with another tag match. You know, right. it's just, yeah. Like my question becomes, especially considering what match number two was, how do you not open with your triple threat X division title match to start hot out of the gate after your digital media match? Right. Instead, we go with opening the official card with the artist formerly known as the Iconics <laughs> make it their debut again this whole intro with uh, with uh, Harley Kim whatever the fuck her name was live singing I'll put that in loose quotes yeah. live singing their new entrance song again this entrance to the ring and then what do you know? They they fucking become the new knockouts tag champions by beating uh fucking ridiculous Havoc and Rosemary. Fucking ridiculous. <sighs> Havoc needs uh, to get away from that company. Who? I said Havoc needs to get away from that company. Yeah, I know, I know, Please I know. Keep doing her dirty. Well, I mean, you 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 can probably figure out ninety percent of the reason why she's there. Really? You need to think about this one? What, is she fucking dating someone there? Her man's. Her man's is Sammy Callahan. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> Just, at least I'd assume that's 90% of the reason. Um, any hooser. So, like I mentioned, El Fantasmo, Steve Macklin, Trey Miguel, X Division title, new champion, Trey Miguel, which means all three of the... Uh, Actually, for a brief period of time, I think, if I remember correctly, because Bound for Glory was last was the weekend before Halloween. So yeah. for two or three days, all three rascals had championships. Had titles. Yeah. <laughs> Which we'll get to that. Um and then after that, you had Violent by Design, Doring and Diener taking on Heath and a mystery partner, which turns out to be the return of Rhino. Heath and Rhino win, blah, blah, blah. Which, like, when did Rhino get knocked out of Violent by Design? Like, wasn't he part of them, like, a month ago? There was a whole... Well, I don't know in depth what was behind it, but I know there was some kind of falling out within the creative of them. Between Rhino and Eric Young, I think it was specifically. Hmm. Um, so that's why A led to B. Um, then you had your call your shot, gaunt, call your shot gauntlet. There we go. 
Uh, Rocky Romero was in it. Fulton. Um, they even had saving some females appear in this. They had uh, Tasha Steeles, Rachel Ellering. Um, now, was it a gauntlet or was it a battle royal? They called it a gauntlet, but to be frank, it was a battle royal. Um, which, okay, wanna, which brings me to something. You don't call something a gauntlet if it's a fucking battle royal. Just call it the call your shop battle royal. And I want to know how much, like, either Impact just wasted a fucking ton on a ton of money to pop the boys for 10 seconds, or they're about to get fucking sued by Gene Simmons. I was about to bring that up. Good, good on you. Good on you. The fucking demon. Who, who? And it was Dale's order. Why? Fucking why? Like, number one, it, Dale Torberg's like, what, fucking 50 now? Like, Something no. Like that, yeah. And number two, like, no, like, WCW had to pay major money for that demon character. So, unless Impact just dropped the buy rate of their next five pay-per-views for this one moment to pop the boys, because no one else would give a fuck. Yep. Or they're going to get sued. Um, it was a 20 person battle royal in the end. Uh, the last two were Moose and Cardona. Moose eliminated Matt Cardona to win the Collier Shot Gauntlet. We'll revisit that in a moment. Uh, Good Brothers successfully defended their tag titles in a triple threat against Finn Juice and Bullet Club members. Chris when the Bay fuck and did Chris Bay become part of the Bullet Club right around the time uh, his partner joined. So, so remember when they were doing, yes. Um, remember when they had Moxley doing all those U.S. title shots in a row before dropping the belt to Archer? Yeah, and Hookie and came one of them was Archer after Archer. yeah, yeah. Within like a week of that, he made his debut on Impact TV, and him and Jay White apparently crowned Chris Bay a member of Bullet Club. See, this is I remember, I remember the picture because it airs at the same time as Dark Side of the Ring. <laughs> yeah, I remember because I, I vividly remember the picture of Jay White holding the shirt at the top of the entrance ramp with Chris Bay. That's uh. how I remember that. Um, so Good Brothers retain, and then um, kind of shocked by this in a good way, though. Mickey James, new knockouts champion over Deanna Perrazzo. I'm sure you're happy about that. I or just like Deanna, not caring about it. At the same time, just like the fuck. Like, like, yay, we gave Mickey the title because, you know, because memories. We're, we're trying to make we're, memories and we're trying to make ourselves like look better than WWE. Like, it seems like that's all they're doing there. And did you see the first person to come out and challenge her the following impact? No, I, I missed it because Dark Side. <laughs> Blame it on the rain. Millie Vanilli? No. <laughs> I think focus on the last word. Madison Rain? Yeah. Because uh, Josh Matthews. Um, Ugh. I thought she was retired. Yeah, was being the operative word. I thought she was running something for NWA. Was was the operative word. Um, Impact Red. We got old bitches. <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. Um, then we get to the clusterfuck of the coming new chicks. Old bitches all day. 
old bitches or up and coming chicks that or up and coming chicks that don't want to go to the NXT. Um, yeah. Sorry, Jordan. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Don't do it. Please don't do it. Um, Jordan would fucking thrive in NXT. I'm just afraid they would just be like, oh, she's strong. Let's just book her against Raquel Gonzalez over and over again. Some know. good matches. But then Vince would walk down to the, the performance center and be like, holy shit, that chick's jacked, but she's hot. Give her to me now. <laughs> Look at that ass. Oh, That'll God. bring me up three quarters of a ratings point by itself. You need to get those pictures out of your head. Um, so there's a reason I followed Jordan Grace on Instagram. <laughs> oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Those pictures Anyways. The iceberg, man. <laughs> Anyways. The clusterfuck of the night presented by Impact Wrestling. Happened to be the close of the show. So you have Christian do the job to a second banana who would never fucking survive on his own as a main eventer. Keep going. And then you have that guy get crushed 10 seconds later by Mr. Woman Beater. Who, by the way, just made an appearance for an indie company over the weekend in my neck of the woods. Wonderful. Because... That whole remember that whole year that he had the fake TNA title and was all yep. the TNA champion and that led to nothing and in the end he ended up doing the job. What, what the fuck was the point in all of that shit? If in the end of it he lost it to fucking Rich Swan just to fucking put the actual title on him? Fucking what four months later, anyways? Yep. On top of it, and I love that someone pointed this out. Congratulations, Moose. You are Impact Champion after having 196 other chances for it. Yep. And then I, I, don't, I, don't know else it, to go I know it. about the promo. What? I don't know where else to go with it. It's fucking like the dude's worthless. Like he's a worthless human being and he's a terrible worker. Like, his physique is a Vince wet dream and Vince won't sign him. Why? Because he's a PR nightmare. And then I, I, saw, I saw the transcript of the promo he cut when he came out on Impact where basically he had to fucking, he, he had to reference every other champion in every other company and say he's better than them. It's like, dude, no, you're not. You are working in front of 75 people on TV. Shut the fuck up. So here's what, what's happened. We went from we went from Rich Swan mm-hmm. being the man. Mm-hmm. To Kenny Omega, mm-hmm. to Christian, mm-hmm. to Josh Alexander for just long That's enough so that his 
just long enough for his son and wife to come in and celebrate before Moose says, yeah. fuck you, and takes the belt. Money in the bank. <laughs> so essentially, the Impact World title has turned into the Hot Potato World title of 2021. Mm-hmm. AKA what the WWE title was in 1999. Right. And now going forward, you're probably going to have, you're going to have Moose fucking have a bunch of matches with black Taurus for the fuck of it, because they need a big man to go against a big man. If they do bring in Adam share, that could be a possibility because W Morrissey is a fucking heel. Um, like you said, and if Morrissey you do bring in AC- basically working hand in hand with Moose. Yeah, Exactly. Um, if they do bring an EC3, like who the fuck knows, but, and it's, it's, it's just not a good fit. It was like Moose is the big man that was not dominant over shit in the past three years. So here's the, here's a big question I have coming out of it too. Mm Mm-hmm. How the fuck do you feel if you're Josh Alexander right now? I don't fucking know. I mean, that that kid, it's like they promised him the moon and then they were like, fuck it or whatever. But it's that kid, he's not a fuck, he's not a main eventer. I'm sorry. He's not. He was Ethan Page's second banana and that doesn't say much. I'm not going to argue with you on that. But you went from. Having all this momentum while you were the North with Ethan to becoming X Division champion to being able to hold it long enough to make uh, to use option C Mm -hmm. and then to have this moment on pay per view. I feel this is what I feel like happened. I feel like Impact had it in their minds after they had Rich Swan drop the title to Kenny that they wanted Moose to be their fucking big guy that took the belt off of Kenny. But Kenny didn't want to work with Moose. So they said, okay, take the belt off of Kenny and we'll put it on Christian. But Christian didn't want to work with Moose. Why? Because Moose is an asshole and a trash human and a PR nightmare. And most people in the company don't want to work with him. So they had to, so, so Josh Alexander had to be that fucking interim guy who would, do fucking business and maybe impact and maybe Scott Demore should realize that if all these people don't want to work with this motherfucker, maybe stop pushing him and don't put your title on him. Two different comments. I've come out of that. Number one, I feel like there was a way they could have done it. So you didn't make Josh Alexander look like complete and total shit in the process. Yeah, you could have at least let Josh hold it for a fucking for a week, week, even. Just give right. him a fucking week, even. Give right. him the charity week, and have I don't know, have someone challenge him for the following week, and then something happens where I don't know somebody's fuck with his leg during the, the match. Then his his, right, right. Number that's number one. Number two, a question. Is it possible 
that these dumbasses at Impact looked at Vince with Lashley and then Big E, mm-hmm. and that yep. forced their hand even more into doing this. I don't think it forced their hand into it as far as having a black champion because they had Rich Swan. But it made but them I think go it more for that type as, of athlete. Yes, it forced their hand as far as to say, look, we've got a fucking big jack black champion too. I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it. I don't it. either. Like, it's, I, I don't understand how that man has a career. Like, of all the shit that has happened, of anybody who is just like a giant fucking red flag, and they just keep giving this guy opportunities. I mean, and that's one of the problems with Impact. A lot of people talk about AEW and guys having creative control of their characters. Impact is far worse with giving people creative control because that's how we ended up with this whole debacle of Moose as the TNA champion. That wasn't, I, I don't know if, I don't know if I mentioned it on here, but it, it was made aware because, uh, uh, what do you call it? I actually found out quite a while ago from a friend who has a friend of a friend who has helped out with impact and TNA and all that shit. And basically has like keys to the warehouse of all the old impact shit and everything. That wasn't yeah. even the fucking TNA title. That was a replica belt that Moose paid some guy in Afghanistan to make him. Like the same belt maker that Eric used for RPW, one of those guys paid $300 to have a replica TNA belt made for this entire gimmick because they don't have the TNA title anymore. Like that's how much Moose is a mark for himself. Like, no, that should have been your clue right there. I mean, not only did no one fucking care about this shit from day one, Mm -hmm. but give me a fucking break. Yeah, I'm, uh, I don't know. The whole thing's just a mess, and it, it makes you wonder now where where the fuck you even go from here. Right. Uh, He's going to end up doing the fucking job to someone a quarter his size fucking six months from now, because it's going to, and it's going to make no sense. Yeah, that's, uh, it's like Moose is going to be like, I plowed through all these guys my size, and then I'm going to lose the title of fucking Trey Miguel or some shit. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. Like, uh, or he might just hold it to another option C. Listen, listen, if they have a big enough boner for this guy, like you say they do, what logically makes sense at this point right now? <laughs> now, granted, I'm asking Impact to be logical, but you know yeah. what I mean. I feel like Impact is just treading water until they can get like I think Imp- I think Scott Demore still thinks he's going to get something out of AEW on this, and he's not. No, not at all, not in the least bit. Um, one small bit of news, by the way, from Impact that came out. Uh, what was it? Yesterday or last night? Well, the news officially came out this morning. I saw the news last night, and it relates to Josh Alexander, by the way. Uh, so Josh Alexander worked uh, a show for Destiny Wrestling, a special Halloween show last night. Okay. And uh, it was kind of cute because his son dressed like him and came out in the entrance in front of him and 
looked. He was the spitting image of him with the mannerisms there. It was funny. Anyways, um, so he comes out and does a show for Destiny Wrestling uh, against an opponent. I will tell you in a second. And they they come they have their match, and then at the end of the match, Scott Demore comes out and offers Josh's opponent from that match a contract. Would you like to guess who that was? I don't know, and I don't think I want to know. I'll I'll give you a hint. Um, originally from I believe England. I could be wrong, but I believe he's originally from England. Has done a lot of work for PWG in recent years, and currently dates a former Ring of Honor women's wrestler. I'm lost. Speedball Mike Bailey. Uh, He got offered a contract and signed it last night um, in the ring in front of everyone at Destiny Wrestling. Yay. So... So he he's going to go from working crowds of 200 to working crowds of 75. Good job, dude. You you said it, not me. Um, <laughs> stupid ads, damn it. Sorry. Um, so, here's... Oh, man. Now we got to go right at the fork that we had earlier. Uh. Uh, 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 can I start with this one? Can I start with this one? Sure. What better way to show the partnership you have with AAA Wrestling than to shit on Lucha Wrestling by having two white Southern dudes dress in Luchador costumes to win the AAA tag titles? Um, you're missing one part of that. Go ahead. You remember the bullshit that FDR said that Vince was going to rebrand them? And remember they showed supposed concept art of that rebranding? I don't remember the concept art, but I do remember vaguely the... Well, guess what? You saw the concept art because those were the outfits. So the supposed concept art that WWE did, which, by the way, never happened, where it was basically we're going to try to make FTR look like Ninja Turtles. Um, FDR decided to have those made to do this bit. Oh, I used brain. to fucking love FTR. Oh, my brain. And all they've done is keep fucking up. Oh, my brain. You would think having Tully with you would be good, not bad, but oh my god. Tully's there as window dressing. Oh. Dude, fucking, fucking Dax Harwood is just a piece of shit. Like, remember that, because he was the one that put out that shit where he complained about missing his daughter's recital and it was yes. like, motherfucker, yes. he works four days a month, fuck you. Yes, yes. I'm getting to a point where the only two people I like in Pinnacle anymore are MJF and Sean Spears. Like I don't, I don't. Fuck Sean Spears. 
I mean, on TV, not outside of it. <laughs> I just, I Wardlow is filler until he eventually decides to say fuck you and beat the hell out of MJF. Hmm. Tully is just floating around in space like Arn Anderson is for the Nightmare Family. Mm-hmm. And and now this with fucking Dax and Cash. Like, what the fuck, man? I'm... Yeah. Oh. Like, what? I want to know what fucking planet these assholes are on. And I'm not even just talking about FTR. I talk about whoever they had to talk to to run this idea by. What fucking retard said, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Let's pretend you're luchadors to win the AAA tag titles and reveal you're just two Southern white boys that don't really like luchadors. Yeah, fuck it. Why not? You know why? Because lost. Because Tony Khan is a mark for 90s wrestling, and that was the conquistadors angle. I, I know what it was, asshole. I fucking know what it was. Except they were on all gold. They weren't all green. I fucking there remember that. There are no that. original angles with Tony Khan. It's all re- him and Cody just keep rehashing shit that they remember from fucking childhood. Oh my god. There's nothing new in fucking AEW. But all these fucking all these fucking motherfuckers will come out and say that it's fresh and new and it's different shit and it's shit we haven't seen before. And it's like, no. This is the same shit that those of us who have been around the block saw 25 years ago. Let me add to this now. So, for three weeks, you had promos for, as you like to call it, great value, Ms. and Mrs. Showing, Showing Cody thinking about taking a break for a while <laughs> and then you put Malachi Cody 3 on free TV mm-hmm. and they go out and do the match they do on free TV with all the extra idiosyncrasies of Andrade and Pac and Arn and Brock and, and Lee and all that shit mm-hmm. on free TV mm-hmm Cody gets the win as clean as could be given the circumstances on free TV. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, it looks like we're going to drag this out even more because the promo that Malachi Black cut that has since been shown all over the world is this is only the beginning. Yeah. Because fuck it. Do we really need any more of this shit? I, I'll, I'll tell you why. And it's because, remember, I, I kind of touched on this was I was just like, Cody just feuds with XWWE guys to make himself look better. And then they kind of get cast to the side. And now, because whether people want to admit or not, with especially with these XWWE guys who are getting brought in, are getting a modicum of, of creative control in their contracts. Fucking Malachi Black said, oh, no, no. Uh, I'm not going to get relegated to YouTube. Fuck you. Um, we're going to keep this going. But they had to find a way to do it, which is why now they're adding in Pac and possibly Miro and all that shit. So 
Because of Tony Khan and the, the 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 notepad at the at the football game. And here, and, and here's the, like I was just mentioning the existential pieces of the match because they all seem to be throwing for fuck's sake. But uh-huh. here's here here's the here's the inconceivable link being added to the chain that makes zero fucking sense to me. Because it looked like they were trying to gear for Cody to transition from Tommy to Andrade. Yeah. But now, because you have... It's almost like they're trying to turn Pac face accidentally. Uh-huh. And put Pac with the Nightmare family somehow, some way. Uh-huh. That makes fucking sense. Leave the Lucha Brothers out to dry with just Alex Abrahantes on their as their side. Uh-huh. And now you're setting up Andrade and Malachi working together because that makes fucking sense. Because one was managed by the one the other one's banging. <laughs> one's married to the queen yeah. banging her and the other used to, and used to get managed, be managed by, by yeah. the queen. Yeah. But it doesn't work like that. They're both former NXT champions. They're both ex-WWE guys. It's doesn't all work like ex-WWE that. guys match. Because doesn't Cody like doesn't that. want to work with any flippies. And neither did any of these other guys. No one wants to work with indie flippy guys. Technically, if it was if it was, if it was a tag match, three out of the four were former NXT champions. Yeah, um, that's true. But they're all, all four of them are XWD. Oh, mm, what, 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 what? We what, don't what? want to work with flippy guys. N- nothing. There's no A plus B equals C here. It's nope. A plus D minus Z divided by J equals C. Like, uh, it's it's like somebody with zero interest in going abroad trying to learn Russian because it's all fucking symbols. It's not letters and numbers. Yep. Like, ha! Ah, what are we doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm losing my mind. I'm losing my mind. I'm losing my mind. Yep. Like, do we have anything? So we've, I, I want. I, I'm, let me try to make sense of just one person here. Yeah. Andrade arrives, mm-hmm. has the debut against Seidel, mm-hmm. has fuck who was his second opponent. I don't even remember because the dude's been there for like almost a year and his work like was two it matches. Pa- was Pac his second match? I think so. Jesus Christ. Anyways, in the meantime, actually, no. Did he have a match with Christian in the meantime? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Any hooser. In the meantime of all this, you have him talking shit to Christian while he was the champ or going to be the champ eventually. Yeah. The impact champ. Excuse me. I should specify. Never a chance in hell being the AEW champ. Right. Or becoming impact champ. You have them mixed in with all the Lucha Brothers and Pac nonsense. And now, just because lulls, like, and in the midst of all that, you went from Vicky to whoever the fuck this guy is. Yeah. 
to Chavo and this guy to back to this guy. Yep. I mean, do you want to just dig up Hector and bring him out? Or, or <laughs> I don't know, carry a picture of Eddie for a few weeks before you drop that? Like, <laughs> like what, what the fuck are we doing? Hell, drag uh, what's his face? Drag uh, you want to fucking bring in names? Uh, fucking drag Neil Moskras out of whatever fucking chair he's in. <laughs> like, will his ass to the ring for a few weeks? Like, for fuck's sakes, like nothing makes sense. Uh, th- like this goes to the bigger part of the problem. Like. Mm-hmm. These people they keep signing, they're overloading the roster so much so that mm-hmm. nobody has anything that makes fucking sense. Right. Like the only thing that makes any sense right now at all is A, the tournaments, because you can't break a bracket. Right. And B, Kenny versus Heyman, because. Everybody saw Heyman win the fucking ladder match. So you right. can't break that. Right. Aside from that, Britt Baker versus Abaddon for the women's title because it's Halloween weekend? Fuck it. Why not? Right. Uh, I'm lost. I'm lost in the sauce. Pump for how- random indie mid-carter on Rampage because... Punk versus Bobby because Bobby laid a few extra shots in the Anthony Green after a match. Because fuck it. Um, right. I, I don't get, and I know they're a niche crowd, and they'll follow these assholes to the end of time, but I don't fucking understand how, like, how, how are they following all this? Like, do they have that much free time where they're just on their keyboards 20 hours a day and drawing, you know, those, you know, you know, uh, I'm assuming you saw the movie, a beautiful mind with Russell Crowe. Remember when the, when, uh, Oh, what's her face? Jennifer, uh, whatever the fuck her name was when she walks into the, the fucking, um, uh, the shed that he had in the backyard. And it's yeah, all fucking strings and post-it notes and newspaper yeah. clippings. That's AEW yeah. creative right now. It's Charlie Day, uh, the, the Charlie Damien from Always Sunny. With yes, the, yes, ah! yes, yes, yes. Like, does anybody understand any of this? Nope. Like, I, like here's another example, okay? You had MJF and the Pinnacle versus the Inner Circle. And I get you could only go on so far with Inner Circle and Pinnacle. That's fine. I get it. They reached to a conclusion. Jericho had his cruise and had to go on tour with Fozzie. I understand that. But how do you go with How do you take MJF from Chris fucking Jericho to Darby? To Darby Allen and a geriatric 60-plus-year-old who shouldn't be in the business anymore as an active wrestler? Mm Mm-hmm. And for what, what are we doing? Like, for what reason? Like, fucking MJF keeps saying, I deserve the title, I deserve the title, but I'm going to go after Derby. No, go after the fucking title. 
Like you're supposed to be this completely different company, so a heel versus heel fucking feud for the title shouldn't matter. But no, no, I'm gonna go after Darby because you know me and Darby have been here since the beginning. So fucking what? And even like, if what is Darby? What has Darby done? Like Darby did the job to Punk. Darby's not even fucking viable as anything. Right. And he, and here's here's the thing. Here's the other thing. Okay. Okay. So you just finished Pinnacle versus Inner Circle. Mm-hmm. Even if Kenny's being a dick and doesn't want the match with MJF, who just won the fucking TNT title? Right. Right. That's some yeah. way you could have continued right. Inner Circle and Pinnacle until Jericho got yeah. back. Nope. Instead, we're getting Inner Circle versus fucking Ethan Page and Scorpio Homophobe and uh, a couple of MMA rejects. Which brings me to the biggest shit I want to talk about. Okay. Aside from Ken Shamrock, mm-hmm. name me, we're not counting Brock because he started in wrestling first. Aside okay. from Ken Shamrock, give me two other MMA to wrestling crossovers that actually fucking worked out and were successful for not just themselves in the business, but they made the business better as a whole. Oh, wait. I can name one possibly depending on how you how you gauge success. Go ahead. Dan Severn. NWA was on its deathbed when he was but I that makes sense. Okay. I'll yeah. I'll give you Dan. Yeah. I'll give you Dan cuz well, besides that, yeah. No, NWA had nothing else to fall back on at that time. Right. Um and they can thank WWE for giving everything they did for Dan at the time to Keep them right. alive, yeah. um, but like, but yeah, no, I get you. Like, I'm sorry. Kane Velasquez had no business ever being in a wrestling ring for WWE. Oh, God, no, nope. Love Tyson Fury, he can talk on a mic, He's but he had no friend. business being in a WWE ring. WWE ring, right? Conor McGregor can talk his ass off. He never deserves to be in a wrestling ring in his in his life. Right. Chael Sonnen, I know, was talked about for a little while at one point. Great talker, not a wrestler. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck? And the worst part, they're not even bringing in UFC. They're not even bringing in the main guys from ATT. They're bringing in a worn-out former heavyweight champion who now has to rely on fucking Bellator for money and Junior Dos Santos. They're bringing in a guy who's unproven and hasn't even had a real title match till February in fucking uh, uh, Austin Vanderford. And then they're bringing in his fucking hot-ass wife because breasts. And then you bring in Kayla Harrison, who openly before the event she won a million dollars on this past weekend said she wants nothing to Wrestling and Kayla Harrison. What the yep. fuck does this even have to do with anything? Why? What's the point? What I is the fucking point? Other, I think there's one other MMA person who did okay in wrestling, but because they really didn't do that much in it as far as matches go. But Rampage Jackson was a little entertaining during that run of TNA. Because it was funny to try to watch him do anything. He was the comedy yeah. act. Yeah. And don't even get me started on King Mo. Don't even get me fucking started. Fuck King Mo. Fuck Peter Ortiz. Yeah, no. 
Like Tito getting into the business for a little bit. Like, no. Fucking no. Of course, there's one person. There's, 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 there's no there's no, no business. Because here's the here's the thing. Here's the thing I've always challenged, like, because shit, you Shamrock, you could have thought is legitimately fucking crazy. And he kind of was. Yeah. But here's the problem. These MMA fighters, and I'm not trying to make them sound like, for lack of a better phrase, thugs or criminals or anything. They are trained to maim and injure. They're not trained with the thought of entertainment involved. They are trained for survival. They are trained to break bones and, and tear muscles if they have to, to win their bouts. Yeah. What wrestling company? And notice how Vince has stayed way the fuck away from MMA guys since Shamrock. Like Kane was just a one-off thing because yeah. Brock and Heyman. Okay. Yeah. But aside from Velasquez, you never see UFC guys anymore. Ever. Unless it's for a pop during like a Miz TV shit. Right. You never fucking see it anymore because the methods of training that get embedded into the embedded into the brain are drastically polar opposite of pro wrestling. Mm -hmm. And what are you going to do if one of these assholes, say a Dos Santos or Vanderford gets in there and fucks up Jericho? Right. Or fucks up Sammy Guevara and puts right. him out for six months. What the fuck are you going to do then, Tony? What right. are you going to do? Right. There is, however, I, I want to say going back, there is one person that originally trained in MMA and trained under America's top team who transitioned into wrestling and did it very well. He just never did it at a national scale. Yes. Ben Ortiz. Are you really trying to get to my heart here? Is that what you're trying to do? I'm just saying, like, you're, you're digging. I ben, tra ben trained in America's top team first in Danbury and then became a wrestler later on. Listen, you know I love Ben. Don't don't yeah. fuck with don't Good fuck on. with me right now. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying that, but that's an exception to the rule. It's not the norm. It's just. Like, and people wonder why wrestlers. I mean, aside from Brock, Brock is Brock is a fucking psycho. Yeah. Like, let's just put this out there. Brock Lesnar is the generational exception to the rule when it comes to human beings. So you take Brock out of the equation. Why do you think Batista and Lashley and fucking uh, Punk, or even former athletes in general like Herschel Walker, why the fuck do you think they all flake out aura? Oh, who was the asshole woman abuser from NFL who just got dusted in the UFC recently? Um, oh, what was his name? Anyways, why do you think former pro athletes outside of MMA eventually A, get sick of it, or B, get the shit kicked out of them and get dusted and never come back? Yeah. It's completely different. Completely fucking different. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm just, I, I don't know. I'm disgusted by the whole thing. Um. <laughs> oh, Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy is the guy I was thinking of. Oh, okay. 
Greg Hardy is the former NFL player I was thinking of that beat up women and then was doing well-ish against tomato cans and then got put on a pay-per-view and got the shit beat out of him. <laughs> um, just, I, I don't know. Uh, all right. I, I'm, I'm hoping I'm done with the yelling for today because <laughs> I want to get through the WWE stuff. Well, hold on. There's one thing I want to talk about about AEW first. Oh, please go ahead. Go ahead. Let's see if that makes me yell again. Uh, you, you know, it's very funny how AEW is all, uh, we're not sports entertainment. We're not sports entertainment. But? But then you got cosplay motherfuckers doing extra cosplay on top of their regular cosplay, having a cosplay match as the main event on their show. Mm. I'm assuming you're talking about Dark Order versus the Super Elite? Yes. With the Halloween costumes and Hangman being the Marshmallow Man and uh huh yeah and the fucking the all the bullshit with the fucking with the fucking like doing all the like the power bombs onto the proton packs and all that shit and dude I'm sorry but who the fuck is, you're a multi billion dollar company supposedly and you got these ghetto ass prison jumpsuit looking fucking ghostbusters outfits that look dude like spirit halloween sells better ghostbusters coveralls than that and look you got masking tape with your name and sharpie up here like motherfucker are you serious <laughs> are you serious which which transition into the uh the halloween complaint you had yesterday sure Go ahead, because it's the same vein, basically. And, and, and I wrote it on Twitter, and I fucking and and I I will fucking stand it. It's like fucking wrestlers who dress up as other wrestlers for Halloween every year. You're not original. You're not special. It's not funny. It's not entertaining. And you wonder why promoters don't book you. You wonder why you you wonder why you're not taken seriously as a worker and why you're still an indie guy after five, 10, 15 fucking years because you do shit like this every year. Guess what? Dress up as Randy Savage. You're never gonna be Randy Savage. Dress up as the Undertaker. You're never gonna be the fucking Undertaker. And oh, what's even worse is the motherfuckers who are like, oh, here's my girlfriend. I'm going to make them dress up as some ex, like uh, I dress up as Randy Savage. And here's my girlfriend who knows nothing about wrestling, but I'm going to have her dress up as Miss Elizabeth. I'm sure they fucking just love that. Like there are very few times where I've seen a person in the business dress up as another person in the business. And it's been entertaining. Like, okay, you know something? I think my first year in the business, I leaned into it and that and that and that Halloween I was fucking Jim I was James Mitchell. And that's well, the only time I did it. Matt Sweat, our good <laughs> ring announcer. Oh yeah. The year he was CM Punk. Yeah. And literally took pictures of him sitting there chugging a beer with the gut with the spinner belt on. See, that was fucking entertaining. Yeah. But as far as all these other motherfuckers go that sit there, and go, I'm Hulk Hogan. I'm Ultimate Warrior. I'm no, no, you're not. No, you're not. And doesn't Matt how, dress like Hulk Hogan for his band? 
He's not in the band anymore. But what he oh. what he would do right. is he would wear the he would wear the Hulkamania shirt. Right. Okay. And so because everyone in the band dressed as an eighties character, like their oh, like that, their drummer okay. was Marty McFly. Oh well. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, but like, and it's like, no, it's like, guess what? Like, it's fucking Halloween. Like, you, any modicum of originality is if you're going to dress up, dress up as something that is not part of your quote unquote day job. Like, that's the equivalent of you working in a call center and coming in a Halloween dressed as your boss. Like, it's not entertaining. Sorry. <laughs> fuck you it's funny you mentioned the macho man elizabeth thing because uh i don't know if you saw this but last night for halloween finn balor was dressed as sean michaels and you want to guess what his wife was dressed up as sensational sherry oh quite the opposite she had an inflatable suit on it was a jacked up version of triple h that's funny. That's funny. And she played right into it too. She had the sledgehammer. She was like, "Ah, it was." See, there it was, you go. Was, that was funny, and and it helps that Finn has the guns to pull off the HBK pose too. Yeah. Um. um all right. Um. Oof. Okay. So we can go two different ways again. Um, I'm not going to tell you left or right. I'm going to be blunt. Would you like to go Raw SmackDown or do you want to go NXT? Go Raw SmackDown. Okay. I think it'll take less time to cover. Well, Raw SmackDown brings me to this storyline. So this takes us back to literally the day after our last show. Now, our last show was a week and a half ago. Again, reminder, this is November 1st, 2021. So our last show a week and a half ago was the night after the end of Crown Jewel. Mm-hmm. In which Becky retained the SmackDown Woman's title on a triple threat. Charlotte didn't compete on the card. And the next night, Charlotte and Becky had the title exchange live on SmackDown. Yep. Which ended the show, by the way. Mm-hmm. So here's the long and short of the way I understand the events of that Friday. It was a work. This is the way I understand the events of that Friday, the 22nd, which then led to the events of Friday, the 29th, and everybody getting it shoved in their ass. (laughs) So apparently Friday, the 22nd, um... Becky, I believe, yes, okay, so here's how it went. I guess there was some scuttlebutt backstage between Becky and Charlotte. Because there's apparently this rumor that Charlotte has been distancing herself from the locker room and from especially the women in the locker room and has been listening too much to her fiancé, Andrade, about shit to do in the ring and blah, blah, blah. And it led to a backstage exchange, we'll call it, involving Becky, Charlotte, and eventually Sonya Deville even chimed into this backstage conversation, we'll call it. That's how I knew it was a work. 
to a point where mid-show on SmackDown, Becky is doing a backstage interview for like 30 seconds with, uh, I believe Kayla Braxton was working that show, if I remember correctly. Yes. So Kayla approaches her about the title exchange, and Becky makes a comment about wanting to be Becky Two Belts again tonight. So fast forward to the end of the show, last segment, Sonya's in the ring with Becky on one side, Charlotte on the other, trying to do the title exchange. And Charlotte's trying to hand over the Raw title to Becky, and Becky's trying to snatch that out of Charlotte's hand before ever handing her the SmackDown title under the impression it looked like that Becky was going to try to hold both belts because of the whole two belts comment she made during the show, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Leading to... Charlotte pulling the belt out back out of Becky's hand and dropping it behind herself. That leads to Sonya getting pissy in the ring, telling Charlotte to pick it up. They then Charlotte handed the belt to Sonya. Sonya took the SmackDown belt from Becky, switched the belts, and whatever. And then we had Sasha end the show with whatever. The main thing was the belt exchange itself. Mm-hmm. So that led to essentially a whole week of people shitting on Charlotte. Internets. And then all of a sudden, Becky Lynch being the hero of the locker room and Sonya was sick of it and thought it was bullshit and Charlotte's being a diva and an asshole and blah, 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 blah. And now people think that Charlotte might want to get out of WWE because Andrade <laughs> is in another company. Charlotte's just trying to use her name for power and blah, blah, blah. Like all kinds of fucking shit. But how did they open SmackDown this past Friday the 29th? <laughs> Would you like to take a guess, Mr. JJ? I believe it had something to do with a match. <laughs> I actually tuned in about five minutes in, so <laughs> I was just seeing the match. They opened the show. Oh, sorry, I'm I'm trying to compose myself here. So they opened the show. With Charlotte cutting a promo about the previous week's drama, quote unquote, with Becky, and then digging into Sasha. Mm -hmm. And then that led to Shotzi coming out and challenging Charlotte for a match and all that jazz. Only thing confused me. I thought Sasha was a heel going into this. Hot take. The line is so blurred right now within most of the women's division. I don't know who the fuck is face or heel anymore. It's just yeah, Sasha's Becky, pretty much she's pretty much been a heel like since coming back, like at summer like right after like um well after SummerSlam. And well, so Sasha no was sense. Sasha was a heel from the beginning of this of the Bianca Belair Bianca Yeah, yeah. But so it made no sense to me when they had Shotzi attack her afterwards. They're like, Shotzi, you turn heel. I'm like, but she's beating up the heel. I, that seems like a pretty babyface move to me. 
Right, because because coming because going into Crown Jewel, it seemed pretty clear you had Bianca face, and then they're they were trying to push Becky heel, but she's more tweener than anything at this point, and Sasha was a clear heel for that match. Now coming out of it, Charlotte's been heel for. Jesus, I don't even remember the last time she was technically a face. And she's now your champion on the show. And now Sasha's here. I mean, with Sasha trying to take the glory out of Shotzi, I guess you could say Sasha still is heel, technically, in that perspective. Right. Um, But as far as if you get Sasha and Charlotte together one-on-one, again, I... This division right, is just, just like, at a point where certain people have the line blurred. You don't know who to call. I what. feel like they're saying that Shotzi attacking Sasha was a heel turn, and I'm like, it really wasn't. No. And that it's just like it, it feels like it feels like it's the Vince mentality of she's got a weird color hair. She's a heel. Nobody likes freaks. It's 2021. The freaks crawl at night. Um, freaks run <sighs> the companies. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, I, I don't know the whole. I mean, let's just let's just think out loud about this for a moment. Mm-hmm. It seems like they can't make heads or tails about what they want to do with Becky, because the crowd still loves her, but they're, they're really trying to. They're trying to turn her into the female version of her husband. The jackets, glasses. They're trying to turn her into a female Conor McGregor. She's Irish. Nice cop out there. Thank you very much. But um, if you're, that, if that's you're, the creative is so uncreative that that's what they're doing. No, you're right. You're right. But if we're making a true lesson comparison, they're basically making her the female version of her husband. Yeah. Um, except with a championship to back up the talk. That's the only difference, really, right now. Um, it's just there's there's so much indecision within creative about what these women are mm-hmm. that. I'd say there's more blurred lines on your women's rosters. Oh, let me rephrase it. When you look at your women's rosters on both shows, the majority of the women on both shows have blurred lines with heel face than a true definitive role in the company. Yes. Because right now, SmackDown, SmackDown's basically comprised of, as of right now, Sasha, Charlotte, Shotzi. The only true face or heel there is Shotzi right now. Yeah, which we don't even know now after Friday. Right. Raw, you have um, Becky, which we already just discussed. Bianca Mm -hmm. is a true face. Mm -hmm. Um, Zelina, I mean... She's a heel. Yeah. We'll see. Dewdrop, who... I, I, don't, I don't fucking know. Shayna, supposedly heel. We'll see, because well, they flip they her all the time. 
All right. You know, Shayna's on SmackDown now, and she's and they right. got her aligned with Sonya, so she's pretty much heel. I I don't fucking know anymore. It's yeah. I, I don't know, know. I know. It's all a mess. So now that brings us to um just the general look of the company at this point because you, you go through SmackDown for starters. So you have your, your, your first show with having a week to breathe after Saudi Arabia and, and move forward from crown jewel. You got Drew McIntyre facing Ali. Mm-hmm. And Ali cutting a promo, basically calling the WWE Universe racist. That's nice. Of course, because uh, that's what they always have to fall back on. Yeah, because that's that's the cop-out method. Right. Um, then you have Woods knighting Kofi, because lulls, which mm-hmm. leads to whatever the fuck happened with the Usos. I didn't see it, so I can't say anything. It was it was just another match. It was it was the sake for the sake of Usos New Day again because they have good they have good chemistry. Right. Then you have Bugs and Nakamura and with Corbett and Moss and that whole kerfuffle crapshoot. And mm-hmm. Carrillo and Garza suddenly getting involved in this whole booking now. Um, yeah, because they needed to find a way to debut them. Cause we're just gonna completely forget that Nakamura's Intercontinental Champion right now and just keep throwing them in tag matches. Right. And then you had the whole Naomi Sonya Deville bullshit with uh, Shayna, and the main event was New Day Usos. So essentially, yeah. here's what you did you took a deep breath from Saudi and said, not only is Brock Lesnar going to be quote unquote suspended and quote unquote fined a million dollars, you're not going to put the the head of the table on TV either that night. Yeah. Because fuck it, why not? I think it was... No, I get I it's it Game 3 of the World that. Series. I get it's Game 3 of the World Series. And they were on FS1 on again. Right. But you think if you're trying to drag people over from Fox to FS1, you want to have your world champion on board. Eh, I think they I think they, they basically conceded to the fact that it's on FS1, it's not on in so, as, as many households. And you know something? For the amount of time... And the amount of work Roman has put in, give him a week off. I think that is only fair. So now we get raw. Well, hold on. I want to go back and touch on a little things on SmackDown. Oh, um, sure. Go ahead. As, as much as I said right after our Crown Jewel show, the whole King and Queen of the Ring things are within the next month, not going to matter at all, and they're going to be, be completely forgotten on the wayside. Which is how it's been since they got rid of the King of the Ring pay-per-view. Continue. Right. Um, Woods is just... I'm sorry, but... You know how people have been saying I'm sick of the New Day for a while now, but New Day still sells merch? I've actually not had a problem. This, I'm already fucking sick of. Because it is unoriginal as fuck. Woods was literally out there doing a knockoff King Ezekiel from Walking Dead impression. And literally, and I, the only reason I knew it was because the wife was sitting next to me and she watched it avidly, was literally plucking exact lines from Game of Thrones. Like, fuck you. 
That is unoriginal shit for these guys who were able to come up with a gimmick to get themselves over and the amount of steam they had behind it for all this fucking time to fall back on that ghetto bullshit. Fuck you. No, I'm annoyed with it already. Like, because we know nothing's going to come of it. Woods isn't going to get a singles run. Woods isn't going to turn heel on Kofi. Like, just stop. Just stop it. You're obviously going to keep them as a tag. You're going to keep them feuding with the Usos, and that's going to you know go for a while. the The whole problem is right now it's it's the treading water month. It's the we've got time between Saudi Arabia and Survivor Series, and the card for Survivor Series is pretty much set, so we don't have to do any work. Should be, but they're not gonna. Anything else? Uh, if they're going to put Sonya Deville and Shayna together like this, have Sonya go back to the MMA personality, do the tie, tie your hair up and score up shit. Like, cause otherwise it's just like, whatever. And like, I also don't agree with like, especially because like Pierce and Sonya are on both shows. Like now you're kind of turning both of them heel. Like, eh, I, I don't get it. Like at least keep one and one and have like the dynamic of the heel GM and the baby face GM and have them fucking debating with each other. And also anyone who didn't see the Brock getting suspended indefinitely shit coming the day after crown jewel is blind because they obviously needed a reason to keep him off TV until the first of the year, because his contractual obligations are up for the year. Cause he only signed on mm-hmm. for one match and X amount of appearances. But then to do the finding $1 million shit, no one's buying that and all it's going to lead to. And I set it up. I said it on Twitter. The moment that it happened is Q every unoriginal motherfucker doing a meme of Dr. Evil with Adam Pierce's head Photoshop on it going $1 million. That's about it. (laughs) So now we're trying to steer the ship towards Survivor Series. Um, Which leads us to Raw tonight as we're recording this. Um... Which is intriguing. I'm intrigued with the fact that instead of steering right into Becky Charlotte at Survivor Series, they're deciding not only to have Charlotte and Sasha feud over the SmackDown title, apparently. Because apparently that's going to be an actual title match this coming Friday. Mm -hmm. They're going to have Becky Bianca lead off the show Mm -hmm. tonight. For the yeah. Raw Women's title. Mm-hmm. To me, you're, you're... I can tell you exactly why both are happening. Becky, Bianca, I feel like could have been saved. It could have. But go ahead. The reason is because they're trying to give the element of a surprise. Because there was that element of surprise a few years ago when just before Survivor Series, Ginger dropped the title to AJ. Is there really any surprise either way? It everyone's expecting versus Charlotte, especially because of all the backstage heat. I agree, but given the way things happen at SummerSlam, I don't think Becky losing to Bianca would necessarily shock anyone. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying to expect it, but I don't. I, I wouldn't necessarily say there would be a shock factor to it. 
Right. Also, and there's Sasha something else. Charlotte. Go ahead. There's a, because I, I, I called the motherfucker out online for it because they're like, tired of us getting Becky versus Charlotte shoved down our throats. You know when the last time Becky and Charlotte were in a ring against each other? The WrestleMania main event with Ronda Rousey? Money in the Bank 2019. Oh, so it was like two months afterwards. Okay. Right. But still, it's been over two years. Also helps when you're out for a year plus with a kid, but okay. True, but still. Oh, no, you're <laughs> right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I just decided to make that side comment to be an asshole. Um, <laughs> Oh, man. I love trolls. I really do. I fucking love them. Um, not the toy. You know what I mean by trolls. Um, and Sasha Charlotte, I mean, they played hot potato with a title before. Why not this one? Like, there's no... Yeah. I don't know. I just think it's weird that instead of trying to use every resource possible... To set up Survivor Series, which if I remember correctly, is the 28th, so the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, you're using... Oh, excuse me, it's going to be the Sunday before. So you have three weeks, not four. Yeah. You have three weeks to prepare for this. And you're spending a whole week of it with title matches. I don't know. I'm just. I'm not saying you need more than two weeks to build a one-on-one match that's cross-promotional, but it's like, right? I don't know. It just feels kind of odd. Um. Let's see here. Um. Now, stick with Raw. Let's see what else we got here tonight, because I honestly do not remember what was. Oh, so we had this. What many are calling, I guess, a, a heel turn for your best buddy. I think you know who I'm talking about. Oh, Mr. 90 Seconds? <laughs> it's not a to, heel turn. It's supposed to, to be a Jekyll and Hyde thing. Way to break the fourth wall, but yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, Damien Priest. Um, so there's that. Um, which, I mean, you would assume if you're not doing a U.S. title versus Intercontinental title champion-champion match, they'll be in the Survivor Series match, so that's whatever at this point. Um, if Ziggler and Rude... Blow that boy up. Yeah, you've got, you've got Dirty Dogs go down to RK-Bro last week, so one would assume now you're just going to spend time building RK-Bro versus the Usos. Yeah. Um... You've got Austin Theory. He just went through, I believe, was what he go through Dominic Mysterio last week, I believe. Uh huh. Um, I don't know. Does that mean you're bringing Rain to the, the to into it? I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know how sad it is. Austin Theory is three months younger than Dominic Mysterio, and Austin looks like an adult. Cause he's a gym freak. That's why. Um. <laughs> Now, here's, here's a question I want to bring up. You have Big E as your champ. Mm-hmm. We'll, get, we'll get to him and Seth in a minute. 
But I want to mm-hmm. bring this up quick. So you have Biggie as your current champion on Raw. You have him set up with Seth for the immediate future. Mm-hmm. If you're Keith Lee, do you look at everything that was done with Bobby Lashley, LST, whatever you want to call him, and you take a look now at Big E. Does this help or hurt your case for the future? I think it helps. I think Keith Lee is in a is in a period of transition. I think uh, I think we see him. I, I I think I think we see him get built up on the main roster correctly. Because the thing was, Keith was brought up and automatically almost pushed right into the main event picture. And that really hurt him. I think he needs some time in the U.S. title picture to build that way. And then a year from now, start pushing him towards the title. Well, you know what didn't help him? Having no audience. And being out. Go back even further than that. Putting all the titles on him in NXT? Further than that. What didn't help... And at the at the at the time, was considered an oh that's fucking awesome thing. What didn't help was when they had NXT in the Survivor Series. Yes, and you had him run deep with Roman and get like a stamp of approval yes. in front of a live crowd from Roman Reigns. Now, granted, it's that was cool at the time, but, but then now no you're one... putting this uh, this amount. Of unnecessary expectations on Keith. So that when he did come up, you're like, well, shit, he's going to be champion six months. Doesn't work like that all the time. Well, because that was the big problem. And that was the disconnect with like, that was, that was, because that was the Survivor Series where Vince let NXT go over and all these guys because he thought it would transition into more people watching the NXT product after that. But, the problem is that didn't happen because WWE puts no money into advertising NXT for fucking times other than when their own show is on. Correct. And so what happened was there was that disconnect. And then Keith Lee was fucking Keith Lee was still in NXT for another year and a half after that. So by the time he came back up, people were like, Oh, was that that guy? Well, he looks different now. Like they're, they waited too long. Like, if they were giving Keith Lee the rub like that, then they should have brought him up to the main roster within a month of that. Yeah. Like he didn't need to go back down in NXT and fucking win all their titles. Yeah, we know that. But, and that was where the problem was. You're Certainly right. was. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it just, it just, you handicapped the shit out of Keith at that point going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, Last thing before we touch on NXT to wrap up the show. Um, I mentioned Big E and Seth. Mm-hmm. Clearly. Uh, all right. Maybe not clearly. That shit way too obvious. One would expect you're going to maintain E and Roman for Survivor Series. Yes. How much legs do you give... Seth and E after Survivor Series. I think it'll be the main event of day one. Okay. 
I think there will be some like they'll have one match on Raw. There will be some fuckery and a no and a non finish. Um, but I really think they need because of how much time they gave Lashley as a heel champion. They need to give E an equal amount of time as a babyface champion. So you're saying day one Rumble, and then maybe as I bring up the calendar for 2022 live on here. Um, by the way, there's no Alexa Bliss news. I forgot to edit the banner. My apologies. I just I was wondering. That. I was like, what happened? I missed that. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't delete the banner. So as you take a look at the schedule, and it's a little blurry, so I apologize. But if you look on the screen, uh, your 2022 calendar is out for pay-per-views. So you have day one, then Rumble, mm -hmm. and then nothing currently, nothing currently scheduled for February to smash in between Rumble and Mania. But obviously, they they have no problem booking. They have no problem booking uh, a couple of pay per views each year on the fly. Mm -hmm. So then you and and note, but notice something here, okay? You're starting the year, not including whatever pay per view is after Rumble and before Mania. January first, Saturday. Rumble a Saturday. Mania Saturday and Sunday, mm -hmm. and then you have. Uh, some kind of pay per view at uh in Providence. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure we can think of a couple people who will go to that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then June they're gonna be in Chicago. Then back to a sat to Saturday dates for Money in the Bank at the beginning of July. Mm -hmm. SummerSlam is gonna be early in Na and at Nissan Stadium in Nashville. Why? Because since they're going to do an outdoor show in Nashville, they got to get in before the Tennessee Titans of the NFL start playing their preseason right. games. Right. Um, and then September is to be determined, and Survivor Series will be in Boston next year, but mm -hmm. also a Saturday date for Survivor Series. So yeah. basically, they're going big four. Saturday? Saturday. Yeah, your big four. I mean, obviously, WrestleMania is two nights, but for lack of a better phrase, your big four are all Saturday pay-per-views now. And you know what that means? It means I think we've seen the end of the NXT TakeOver era. Which is unfortunate. Unless you're putting them on Friday nights. Or either putting them on set, uh, or they're putting them on Sundays the day after the big four. Or? Like they did this. They did for one of them. I forget what. Or? They realized how watered down the on-the-road takeover product was. They're going to keep takeovers in-house around the times of their big Saturday pay-per-views. And then when they do their Sunday pay-per-view shows, they'll do on-the-road takeovers on those Saturdays. That would be nice. It's just a, it's a third option because I think it's honestly... Because putting on Fridays, I think you're kind of fucking up your potential for your biggest number out of it. Yeah. Sundays, uh, uh, mm. uh, I think option C, and I'm not just trying to say because I mentioned it, but I think it's just honest. I think option C is your best option where it allows you to maximize the number of takeovers you have while also being mindful of the the numbers behind it. Yeah. So I, I, that's just my thought. Yeah. Um, which brings us, ironically, to our final topic of this uh, two-part episode. Mm -hmm. uh, NXT, Halloween Havoc last week. Um, yeah. 
have a feeling you have a giant eye roll in your mind for this for two specific matches. Um, whew, um, where do you want to start? I'm going to start by saying back in an early episode of White Heat, we had a we had a hot list where we talked about certain people who should be brought in for WWE creative. And there's one person I named on that list who we talked about in length in part A of this uh, the, 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 this episode, who I am recanting off of my hot list. And that is Gabe Sapolsky. Because, come to find out, after the debacle of Halloween Havoc, found out who is behind the meteoric push of the great value goths. That is Gabe's brainchild. For those of you who don't know who the great value goths are, he's talking about toxic attraction, just so you know. Um, Fuck you, Gabe. So, the show opens with JC Jane and Gigi Nolan uh, winning the triple threat ladder match for the NXT Women's Tag Titles over the champs, Zoe Stark and Io Shirai, as well as uh, Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada. Um, and we said this in advance. We knew... It was not going to be a good match. <laughs> well, not just... Well, we didn't say that, but we, we agreed that there were only two logical winners of this match, and the one that was illogical was Indy and Persia. Yeah. Because um, they had zero... There was zero build for them into this match until the week before. Right. Um, so, how I, I I'm indifferent about it. I'm not thrilled about it. I'm pissed. Um, I honestly thought there was a different way to go about it. If that's the end result you wanted from the match, and I'm not sure you would agree with this, but if I were booking fantasy booking, no offense to Gabe. Instead of putting all the shine on Gigi and JC, you know what I would have done? Would have had Zoe going up for the belts and Eo saying "fuck you" and tossed her off the ladder. I would have, yeah, I would have agreed with that because it would have gone along with the storyline going all along. Because I'm tired of the strange bedfellows tag team thing, and like, in all honesty, Zoe needs a lot more work. And honestly. Because of the fact that they've been a team, I think if you're going to have anyone have decent chemistry with Zoe to help her get more experience under her feet, would be EO. being face-to-face with EO wouldn't have been a bad option. Right. And instead, they decided to put all their eggs in the toxic attraction basket and have, I believe, JC it was, push the ladder for EO to take a wicked, oh, uh-huh. God. Yeah, that that bump. Oh uh-huh. god, um, I can't even talk about. It. That's how fucking wicked it was. Yeah. Um, and then they grabbed the belts. Um, yeah. Um, I'm not trying to shit on Gabe, but I just think going forward there was a different way to get the same result. Is what I'll say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and throughout the show, you had Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams trying to reclaim the. the the North American title away from Gargano. 
Which was it was a it was a flat it was it was a throwback to the the Cameron Grimes Dexter Loomis thing from last Halloween Havoc, Correct. which was okay in an aspect because they threw in some of the parts of it, but I just feel like it made Carmelo and Trick come off as like knockoff street profits. Right. Um and Gacy had a squash match. Um where then they, were just, they were able to introduce Harlan more. Yeah. Here's Here's where I'm a little lost. Okay. They spent this whole top... I was about to say top prospect tournament. Wow, wrong company. (laughs) They spent this whole time with this breakout tournament building up Mellow and Odyssey Jones. Mm -hmm. Only to stick Odyssey on 205 Live, which isn't really 205 Live anymore, because correct me if I'm wrong, Odyssey Jones is no 205 pounds. And then you bring Odyssey in for the babyface squash to Roderick Strong, who is truly 205 because he's a cruiserweight champion. Mm-hmm. What? It, in all honesty, and I'm going to say, I'm going to be the one person to say it. I'm out. I'm already bored with Odyssey Jones. Um, can I tell you something? The sure. secret between you and me. Sure. And everyone else that's watching or listening. Mm-hmm. I was never a fan of Odyssey to begin with. <laughs> He just, he gives me vibes of early fucking, early, sorry, okay, um, early career, I want to say early career, late 80s, baby-faced, big cat Curtis Hughes. That's what I get from him. Just nothing more. It's just like, yeah, okay, you're a big black guy. Okay, you're young. Oh, dude, you look, I didn't want to be the one to get on the bandwagon. You look like Mark Henry with dreads. Like, like, just you look like Mark Henry with the top knot instead of having him to the sides. I was going to say and Mark like, Henry with Big E, f- foolish humor. Right, like there's, he's so one dimensional. Yep. Like I'm sorry, like I've no boats passed. Like as much as like uh, like all these veterans want to say like oh he's a star already no I don't see it yeah I hear you I hear you on that so let me get to <clears throat> let me get to your biggest eye roll of the evening I'm assuming not necessarily for the way it was done. Just the fact that it happened to be the end result of what happened. So we get the Dakota Kai return that was anticipated. But it ends up costing Raquel Gonzalez the NXT Women's title to Mandy Rose. Now... Compared to when we were first introduced to Manny Rose a number of years ago, I'm I'm stretching here, so bear with me. Compared to when we were first introduced to her, when she first got called up to 
I believe her first show was SmackDown, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I, when she first got called up, it was SmackDown with Sonya. Between then and now, she's improved to degrees in the ring. Meh. But, but, <laughs> to say that she's improved to degrees and gone through enough bullshit when she was on the main roster to the point where she deserved and earned the NXT woman's title in this scenario. Now, the only thing that makes it make any sense is that you can say she cowardly won because of the fact she needed help from Dakota. It's the only thing that makes fucking sense out of any of this. Yeah. But then that means Raquel is going to be focused on Dakota and not trying to get the belt back. So now you got right. no program set up with Mandy Rose afterwards. Right. So why bother? Because unless they're planning on bringing Raquel up to the main roster come Rumble... And this feud with Dakota Kai is just to sustain her until then. There is no reason for any of this. Like, because now we're at a point with this roster where we don't know what's going to happen with Io Shirai now. Right. Could go up, might not go up. We don't know. Right. We still don't know. And this is me just throwing shit against the wall just because they're not around right now. We don't know what's going on with Asuka yet. We right. don't know what's going on with Bailey yet. Right. Um, we don't know what the fuck's going on with Ember Moon because she's taking she's taking time off the of TV for now. Right. Name a legitimate contender on that woman's roster in NXT right now. There's only one because they happen to do a vignette of her during the Halloween Havoc show. Oh, Kaylee Ray. Yeah, that's it. But then you're putting heel versus heel, and it still makes no fucking sense. Right. Unless they're unless, unless you're gonna use Frankie Monet now. Yeah. Unless, yeah. Yeah, Frankie. You use Frankie Monet right. for because she's like they're making her come off his heel, but she's really a tweener because she has the crowd behind her. It's weird. It's fucking weird. Um God, now they're gonna start pat pushing fucking Lash LaRue. Oh. <laughs> I had to, I had to stop and think for something like who the fuck is Lash LaRue? That's a random WCW reference. What the fuck? Um, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, God. You've, you're, you're, you're killing me. Um, Lash LaRue is the name of a character from a Western long before Lash LaRue was a WCW character, by the way. <laughs> I, I am well aware, but I'm, I'm, that was the only reference I could remember off the top of my head just now. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just run through this, all right? Oh, let's not forget Candice LeRae. We don't know what's up with her because she's, she's pregnant. pregnant. She, she ain't going to be back for at least a year. Right, right, right. Amari Miller is a jobber right now. I'm just running through the whole roster uh -huh. right now as it says in front of me. Yeah, Amari Miller is a jobber. Corey Jade. <coughs> jobber. Maybe, maybe, but not anytime soon. Jobber. Electra Lopez. Oh. Maybe because you don't have her tied up in anything now that hit rose yeah. up in SmackDown. Yeah. Um, who else? Indy Hartwell, no. Nope. I Ivy Nile, way too soon. Mm -hmm. Jesse Kamea, no. No. 
Stacey Catanzaro maybe in a non-title squash match, but no. No, because her and what's her name are still like Katie Carter. Kaden yeah. Carter, yeah. They're, they're a tag. They're not good at the singles. Lash Legend, no. Nope. Mei Ying, uh, no. You could, but she's a heel right now. Right. Actually, there's one more that does make sense. There is one more. It's a name we haven't even mentioned yet in this show. Saray. The only other oh, one I yeah. can think of. Oh, yeah. But Saray's been so fucking up and down. But didn't Saray like, do the job clean to Mandy like three weeks ago? Yes, thank you. So they just fucking killed that. Because remember, Saray dropkick Mandy. They played the whole fucked up nose thing, and then Mandy got a revenge. Right. Yeah. right. <sighs> didn't she lose clean and quick to Kaylee Ray recently, too? Yes. Or no, it wasn't Kaylee Ray, it was Dakota. Was it Dakota? Yeah, oh yeah. Dakota's yeah. the one that's that's right. Because when ended her undefeated streak. And she drop kicked to Mandy Rose's face. Next week she lost the undefeated streak to Dakota. Then she lost again to Mandy. That's right. <sighs> Reasons. Um yep. yeah. All right. And then we come full circle to something we mentioned earlier in the show, because after that was Imperium become the new tag champs over MSK. I don't have a problem um, with that. No, no. I, I don't I, I wouldn't have had a problem either way. Um but I have to ask, because he's being booked on the European tour with Cesaro one on one. Oh my god. Why can't we get that? Do you think they make the move? Bringing Walter. Do you think America? he wants to make the move? Yeah. There, there was. I don't remember if I brought it up on the show, but there was talk about a month ago because the whole thing was the the reason Walter didn't want to come to America was because he had a house in Europe and he was Correct. married. Correct. Walter's getting divorced and the house is up for sale. Okay then. So there's a possibility. Hmm. Intriguing. Intriguing as you rub your goatee of beauty. Um, yeah, because we haven't seen him around Imperium at all since right. losing the UK title to Ilya. Right. I don't think he's even been on NXT UK TV. He hasn't been even. on TV at all. No. So you would kind of think he's been out of sight, out of mind enough despite the tweets about him facing Cesaro on the European tour this week. Right, and Imperium mentioning him in, in, in passing. That's about it. Right, yeah. Like, you think he's been out of sight, out of mind now, enough to the point where if they want to pull the trigger and to have it at least be half-assed kind of a surprise, mm-hmm. or there's two options here. Main roster him. Mm-hmm. And I would say probably bring him in as a rumble entrant. Yeah. Option A. Option B. Tommaso successfully defended against Braun Breaker in the main event of Halloween Havoc and had an unsuccessful attempt at winning the UK title from Walter from in the Walter past. Takeover. Yeah. Can you bring that back around now? They could. Because if they feel like he's not ready yet and they want to hold off on him till maybe night after Mania in Dallas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
You, you, there's a couple of ways you can go by it, but I could see that being a definite possibility. And I think, uh, to me, and this is something I didn't even anticipate getting into with the European tour, but might as well because it's it's topical. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you can look at this stuff with Cesaro during the tour being like his tryout, his unofficial tryout. Yeah. Yep. And because you're going to have all the eyes on him, um, whether or not Vince goes, you're still going to have all the top execs there running the, the travel right. and watching the shows backstage. I mean, it's and from the sounds of it, from what you just mentioned, it's perfect fucking uh-huh. timing for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's intriguing. So, But now, now we're at a point where here's the only thing, though. You gave them, you gave everybody Chompa Breaker. You shot your load on that. Even though you're still, you're able to call Braun Breaker genetic freak all of a sudden. You shot your load on that. Now, what do you do with Braun? Now you have him start slowly turning heel and start plowing through the roster and going and fucking trying to claw his way back to getting another main event shot. It can oh, be no. done. Well, it can be done. I just feel like it kind of blew their load a little too quick, if you know what I mean. Um, they did, but they didn't. Because basically they can chalk this up to Braun is too green to have beaten an old war horse. And so now, and now it's going to be like, now you got to learn that, you know, now, now it's time to pay your dues, kid. And, you know, for, for lack of a better term. And it just, it's, uh-huh. you know, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be old man Champa guarding Goldie and being like, no one gets an automatic pass to another, to another chance. You got to go, you got to get to your ass to the back of the line and earn your way back up. And like I said, they can keep NXT going that way with having the old guard at the top guarding what is coveted the most. So when a young guy finally comes along and does do it, it means something. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, we'll have to wait and see. Um, I just hope Did you they notice don't... something? Go ahead. Did you notice something about the uh, the, the, the tag title match with the Lumberjacks? Something a lot of people didn't notice, but I died spot. Because, you know, you saw all the Lumberjacks were dressed up in costumes? Yes. One of the Lumberjacks was dressed as the Fiend. Not a lot of people caught it. Which is interesting considering. Uh-huh. Wasn't today. Yesterday. He changed his name over to Wyndham on Twitter. Yeah, yesterday was the 90 day. Huh. Yeah. I don't know what to make of that. Yeah. I don't know how to feel about it. Fuck, think. I don't know how to feel about that. Yeah. That's weird. That's. Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel, I don't feel good about that. I don't know. I'm, I'm, yeah. We shall see. Um, I especially did like all the, I liked all the digs they had Chucky doing in the pre tapes on Braun Breaker. Still taking jabs at Rick Steiner all these years later. 
We didn't get the Chucky versus Braun Breaker promo that I wanted, but we got that. Yeah. Um, um, I lost my train of thought for a second. Oh, sorry. Um, no, you're fine. I just wanted to transition to a couple into one or two things real quick outside of WWE. So bear with me for a moment here. Um, it happened in our, well, not our neck of the woods, it happened in Jersey. But I want to bring this up. Um, it was a big weekend for H2O Wrestling. Uh huh. Um, first off, I have to share this picture because it, it did my heart happy. Um, Kennedy Copeland, the deathmatch tournament winner. Um, but that's not the big part of what we're bringing up here. Tremont Onita on what you're touching. Yeah. There was um, a backstage uh, the fuckery. Do you should I just give you the the wheel on this one and just? Well, no, because I I haven't watched the event yet. Like, because I, I I had shit to do, obviously. So I actually I have to sign up for IWTV to watch because I wanted to watch the event. Um. I saw like I saw Mike Johnson from PW Insider was there and he took a picture of them setting up the ring. And of course, every person that's a cult of Cornette person is like, oh boy, garbage wrestling. Paul was like, no, dude, it's Onita. Like, you need to let it go. But I mean, I, I don't know how well he drew yet, but I, I'm just happy he was able to pull it off. I know that there were some Johnson said it was around him. 300, I think he said. Oh. That's not good. I'm not were, he was completely a, sure. He was a portion. He was apportioned like over two thousand seats for it. I'm not entirely oh. sure. Oh, that's not good. But go ahead. Was there any, was there something else you wanted to bring up at all? I know that there was word put out by there was a little bit of a flamage going on on Twitter because supposedly certain people were involved in certain parts of the event and people decided to speak up and I want to just quell some rumors. Um, an individual that is not except not well liked, not accepted for obvious reasons in the in the wrestling industry was part of a certain bit of yesterday as I mentioned the name, Rob Feinstein people. No. Onita specifically will only deal with Feinstein when it comes to American bookings. So that's why he had to be part of that equation. Okay. Sorry. It had to happen. You wanted Onita here. That had to happen. And I believe he had a contractual obligation to do a shoot interview with RF. So sometimes you have to go with the necessary evil in order to get your prize product. It does not mean that it brings the entire event down. Sorry, I'm trying to find because there was a clip um, that I'm trying to find. So you mentioned Mike. Um, 
Mike Johnson being at the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to find the specific. Anyways, so there was a clip that was put out there, just a brief clip, like maybe ten seconds tops. Um, so what happens is Onita is on the edge of the apron, trying to push. With his feet, uh, trying to push Fremont off the apron into a sorry, I'm just trying to look for it real quick, and I'm not being able to find it. I'll try to find a way to get off the air. But anyways, he got uh, he got pushed off onto a um a barbed wire board that was on fire. And there was also a huge fucking explosion along with it uh, to basically the point where Tremont's gear was burning as he came off before the bump. Oh. Um, before the bump put the fire out and then Onita pinned him right after that uh, to the point where Tremont was having increasing amounts of pain as the adrenaline was wearing off after the match and is now currently in a burn ward in a New Jersey hospital. Um, so I'm trying, I'm going to, I'm going to try to find the clip for you. Um, and I'll share it with you off air. Um, but yeah, it was, Oh God. Yeah, it was not. It, it looked rough. I'll put it that way. Um, yeah. And now it just, uh, I don't know. It makes you wonder, do you think this is it for Matt? Oh, yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure Matt was only planning on coming out for this one match and staying retired after this. I don't think he was planning on a full run after. I think it's just because he promised this at one point before the pandemic happened. It was it was like a bucket list thing that he had to do. And then he just thought it wasn't going to happen. So he, and he was like, you know something, I'm worn out. I need to retire. But the chance came up and he said, you know something fine, but I don't think he's, he was planning on a full-time return at all. He's, he's content with running his school and being a, being a promoter. Because the, the the H2O facility is a very good facility as far as the school goes. Matt's a, Matt's a good trainer. He knows how to train people in more than deathmatch style wrestling. And he's also been able to use his venue like to rent it out to other organizations for their events. Mm-hmm. You know, ISW is one of those. So. I don't know. Um... I'm just, I don't know, kind of makes you, there's only one other, and I'll say this, because uh, Matt was interviewed before the show, mm-hmm. and you remember the whole 
thing with him pulling out Cody Rhodes a couple years ago. Yeah. It sounds like if he were to have a one-off, he'd still be open to that. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. But anyways, um, yeah, I still need to try digging for that clip. I'll try to do more digging because I saw it last night, and now I can't find it at all. But yeah. Um. Anyways, long show. I appreciate you being on board. Um, one other thing we have to mention. Closing thoughts. Yes. There's one other thing we have to mention because we didn't get to mention it. It's because the news broke to us literally at like an hour after our last episode. And we weren't on the air last week. Um, so we weren't able to announce about the calling hours and the funeral, but we lost someone. Yes. Go, go ahead. I'll let you take the. So for those of you who are from the New England area, the wrestler by the name of Ian Griffin, his real name is Yusuf Yacoub, uh, passed away suddenly. Uh, the day of our last broadcast and we found out afterwards um Ian was a good kid I worked with him a few times I actually managed him once um of the three CTWE shows I ever appeared on one of them was managing him uh he wasn't the greatest worker in the world but he always was there when you needed him he was a, he was a good hand he was a good kid he had always volunteer for stuff um we did the spot in RPW where we brought in Brutus Beefcake and Eric announced that someone was getting their head shaved and Ian volunteered to do it. <laughs> no one else would. He did. Um, yeah, actually, it was funny when he first started out. When he was first starting out, um, it was because he was one of Kevin Landry's kids. Um, uh, my mentor, Mike Milano, was still alive. Mike always used to call him the terrorist accountant. Oh, Jesus. Because that's what he did. So he looked like. And in all honesty, and, and uh, it just sucks that they never like hooked up because you th I always think of uh, CPA. Uh -huh. And I think that if Ian and CPA had met and formed a bond, I think they could have like been a tandem. Like Ian could have been like CPA's cousin on a summer internship or something. Uh -huh. Like, and they could have done a gimmick together because obviously CPA proved that an accountant gimmick could work in wrestling. And it's that's, that's what Ian looked like. But uh, I mean, Ian did, he, he, he filled in a gap wherever necessary. He was one of the brothers of morality in RPW. Um, that whole gimmick. Uh, he was tagging with Randy Guerrero in Maine. They were the mutts. Yep. Um, but, and I mean, like, like the kid didn't yell you know, like like he would always contact us when we have a show coming around being like I'm available and like you know I was you know, he would always contact me a little later on when the card was already filled I'd be like if something happens you know I'll let you in but I mean I'll, you know always come and hang out bring your gear because you never know but it just sucks because you know he had a wife and a bunch of kids and uh, still don't know what happened we just know that he's gone. Yeah, I um, I had a number of uh, experiences with him as well. Um, mostly during my time when I was running around New England with uh, 
uh, in the beginning with NEFW and eventually RPW. Mm-hmm. Um, and one or two other places that I would pop up at. Um, yeah, him and uh, him and Randy. And this is meant as a term of endearment, I'm about to say. Him and Randy were thick as thieves. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they were... It seemed like anytime I saw I saw Randy, Ian wasn't too far behind, and Ian was definitely a he had a good head on his shoulders. And uh, it's it's sad to lose somebody like that, um, especially so young. And you know, I thought to first definitely go out to his family um, and his um, closer acquaintances, and uh, yeah, just uh, one after another. It's getting getting a little ridiculous, honestly. Yeah. But, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully, you don't have to uh, end a show like this again for a little while. Because yeah, that's so. twice in two months now. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. Um, that all being said, um, any other last notes you like to bring up, Mister Alexander? Can't think of anything right now. Well, right, with that being said, I can see that it's getting dark where you are. It's dark where getting dark where I am. <laughs> so that's going to wrap shit up. Uh, once again, don't, this is White Heat presented by Godzilla Media, sponsored by our good friends at Mohawk Honda and Johnstone Supply. And uh, yeah, so get used to these Monday, Tuesday kind of drops from here on out for the time being. Um, so yeah, with that being said, that's JJ Alexander. I'm Brian Katie. And thank you for checking out our two special two-part episode of White Heat. We'll catch you next time, wherever you check out your podcasts. Later. <laughs>